0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort.
1: Uh, we will be back tomorrow at the same time, so if anyone... All right, only a couple of minutes late to uh, get things started on this Monday afternoon with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Governor Tate Reeves' press conference just finishing up, along with Colonel Michelle from uh, MEMA and Dr. Dobbs from the Mississippi Department of Health. Those have become kind of standard operating procedure over the last few weeks, and we will continue to bring them to you as uh, they have them uh, on a daily basis until we kind of uh, put the coronavirus and COVID-19 and all of the news that goes along with that in the rearview mirror. Welcome to the show. We're going to have you along this afternoon. The C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care they're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day from free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. Learn more at cspire.com slash Cares. We've got a bunch to get to this weekend with you, or sorry, this Monday after the weekend with you as we've now got the NFL draft in the rearview mirror Rounds 2 and 3 on Friday, four, five, six, and 7 on Saturday. Several Mississippi State Bulldogs heard their names called, and uh, I guess that got started late on Friday. Uh, no Ole Miss names called in the draft. You did have a handful of Ole Miss players who signed as undrafted free agents. We will get into that as we go through the show this afternoon. A bunch of reaction from the draft. And a whole lot more, including winners of and losers to start the 4 o'clock hour. Michael Borky, what's up? Oh man, what a weekend,
2: right? I mean, we finally get to sit here today and talk about a sports story for a while. That's going to be fun. It was good. It was good. And kudos to Roger Goodell. I know we're going to get to winners and losers later. and. They made a joke out of him getting booed, but there's a reason he gets booed. He just seems like this robotic, this callous kind of pompous jerk, you know? And as the day went on, especially Friday, I mean, he changed clothes. He started kicking back and, like, hanging out in his leather chair. The big jar of M&Ms next to him kept getting smaller and smaller. It seemed like he started carrying less. That was the most human I've ever seen that guy. This weekend... I mean, the NFL it did a great job with all of it. I think Roger Goodell might be the biggest winner in all of this. He became likable, which is really hard for that guy to do.
1: Normally, doesn't he only have to work the first day of the draft? He had to pull yeah. in, put in a full weekend. Like He announces the picks in the first round, and then they let other people do the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth and seventh rounds. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he's still working to some degree, but he had to stick with the actual draft piece for the uh, the entire uh weekend so uh that was good uh that was good uh over under 10 seconds how long did it take rippy to write the old miss draft recap Mm. (laughs) hmm salty on the ceasefire text line that would be under
3: but uh some i'm sure we'll get to that I, i think that was a topic of discussion on the internet from the little i looked at it this weekend but yeah no players drafted i've like I wouldn't say I was necessarily surprised. I was surprised no one took a flyer on Benito Jones. I figured he might actually have a chance to be an early day three guy. But outside of that, I mean, your your really other best prospect is a running back in a pretty deep running back draft, and a draft that I think their fewest running backs in a long time were taken. I don't remember the exact year, but I do remember seeing a number about that. So, yeah, not totally surprising, to be honest.
1: Rippy, how was your weekend?
3: Uh, very uneventful. I didn't do a whole lot, but it was all right. I felt like, hey, Dad. No, (laughs) no, I got, I got out living the life. I got out, uh, and played a quick nine holes at the links on Saturday just to kind of get out of the house. So I did, but it was kind of one of those, just like go kill an hour and a half type deals. It was windy. It was very windy, but like at 11, it like the sun peaked out for a little bit and there wasn't that much wind so it's all was like 66 i was like this is nice and then of course by the time i got out there it's completely overcast and gusting at 25 and if, i don't know if you've ever played the links uh pretty tight tracks surrounded by apartment complexes so wind was uh, a bit dangerous
1: how how many apartment complexes did you hit with the golf ball <laughs> none but on the first
3: i actually because i got lucky on the first tee you know there's no warm ups out there it's just kind of you're going and I pushed a drive a little bit to the left, and the wind was blowing it that way. And I was like, well, this is probably going to be uh, pretty bad. And it hit the top of the fence and kicked right into the
1: fairway. So I was close. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Living right. Living right on a Saturday. Hey, Dad, what's up?
0: What's going on, guys? I got no food pictures from you this weekend. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't send you one directly. I put them on Facebook, though. I didn't. See it? What'd you cook? Well, I don't. I did a turkey breast on the on the grill this week. I smoked a turkey breast.
1: A turkey breast?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: Came out great. That's cool. I mean, isn't that almost one of those things though, where people don't ever do that? Like, you do turkey at Thanksgiving, you do turkey at Christmas, and then feels like it's pretty safe to be a turkey unless you're a wild turkey in the spring. You know, outside of those two kind of holiday weekends, I don't feel like that's something that people very often say in like April. You know what? Let's smoke a turkey breast this weekend.
0: I want a turkey when I go to a if I go to a barbecue restaurant that has you know turkey on the menu, I'm always getting it. I love smoked turkey. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. Why not? Came out good. Very. How long did you have to smoke it?
0: Uh, about f- almost four hours total. Nice. Did
1: you do yeah. dressing also?
0: No, no, I made a, a homemade mac and cheese. There you go.
1: We went for uh, for carry out on Friday night. So there's mm-hmm. a uh, there's a place outside of Oxford called Grit. It's in Taylor, and they had fried chicken Friday. Oh, 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 oh. oh all dark meat on the fried chicken. Little mac and cheese. Little uh, collard green coleslaw and potato salad. Pretty good way to start the weekend. That sounds uh, good. And, and then got back in time to uh, watch some more of the draft on Friday night. In, in in all honesty, I did not watch one second of the draft on Saturday after watching a ton on Thursday and Friday. What about the last dance last night? Did, did you guys circle back for episodes three and four? There was so much buildup and so much drama, and people loved the first two episodes. But it feels like one of those things that's probably going to lose a little bit of momentum, although I thought it was pretty compelling again last night. I, I think them going episode
3: three with Rodman was kind of uh, a little underwhelming just because there's not really, when you actually think about it, that much beyond the surface level with that story, and you had just gotten it in that Bad Boys Piston documentary. So it almost just felt like a repeat of that. Like it, sometimes it almost felt like the same interview. is probably a lot, but I thought it was great. Like the whole. By thing.
0: By that same token, though, the the stuff about him going to Vegas in the middle of the season and Michael Jordan having to go to his apartment to get him and Carmen Electra hiding in the closet was fantastic. That was a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, did it was. Go I to
1: his apartment or did he go to Vegas to get him?
0: So they got went, clarified today. He went. to Rodman was in Chicago at his apartment. When Jordan went to go get him, he did not go to Vegas to go get him. The original
2: load S- management.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I heard Scott Van Pelt last night doing an interview with uh, Michael Wilbon and Jackie McMullen, and you know he he floated out the idea. Can Can you imagine? In this time, I mean, we get load management uh, all all the time. But people are low key about it, right? They don't go to Vegas when they take two days off. Can you imagine if a player just took a couple of days off and said, "I'm out, going to uh, casinos and clubs and restaurants and whatever else
0: in Vegas for a couple of days"? I'll catch you guys on the flip side. I need you a vacation. Could- I need a vacation, Richard. I'm going to Vegas for a couple of days. So I'll, I'll be back. You just couldn't get away from that now. Pretty
3: social media, possibly. And that was like, was the internet invented then?
0: Very early? Slightly. I mean, very early. I don't know. Ask Al Gore.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the internet started, right, kind of became a thing when I was in about sixth grade. I remember my sixth grade pre-algebra teacher, like part of that class, like she kind of got it. She realized maybe that that was going to be the wave of the future. And so there was a dial-up connection for Prodigy or something like that in our classroom, and you got like ten minutes a week or something. I, I don't know. It's probably like some pen pal in, you know, Wyoming or something that you were just communicating with over the this new thing. But that would have been like ninety five or six, I
2: guess. According to Google, the World Wide Web. Uh, was invented and available for public use in August of 91.
0: Hmm. I don't but remember. It didn't really catch on until oh, no. mid 90s. Yeah. Right, that's I, that's, that's I its remember launch, so. Like sophomore year of college when you started seeing things like espn. You know, I guess back then it was espn.sportzone.com. And
1: remember they had the uh for the longest time where it wasn't espn.com it was ESPN.go.com or go.com yeah, slash ESPN or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. That was never great yeah. from a branding standpoint, but I guess they finally uh, got it worked out. Richard and Wiggins says, via Al Gore. Yeah, we uh, uh, all have heard that story as well. Um, what if he actually did invent the Internet and we just made it a punchline instead? Well, then he missed out on millions. Billions. traded Billions. Billions. Yeah, not millions, but billions. Maybe trillions. I don't know. And billions. A lot of money, uh, regardless. So, let's kind of jump in. Borky, we're going to, what, take a break at the bottom of the hour? Yep, we're just going to keep on rolling through this one. All right, that'll work. So, who won the weekend in terms of the NFL draft? We did winners and losers on Friday, kind of after the first round. And I'm not necessarily saying winners and losers, What's the biggest story from the NFL Draft 2020 that uh, that you took away from the weekend?
3: Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. I'm kind Bay. of talk, talking outside of both, of both sides of my mouth here, but like when I put them on the winner's thing Friday for just kind of staying on brand and trading up for a guy they believe in, I, I didn't think that would include for the next six rounds not drafting anyone to help out. Aaron Rodgers. So that went from like okay, they believe in this guy, whatever, high risk, high reward, go get him if you really think he's good to okay, now I really don't exactly know what they're doing.
0: Did you see the uh the tweet from Cole Kublick today about career touchdown passes? Anybody? Uh-uh. Two
2: first round picks. Yeah, do you have yeah. it in front of you? If not I have I- it in
0: front of me. So this is career touchdown passes to first round picks. Breeze 104, Brady 105, Peyton Manning 293. Favre 127, Marino 84, Phillip Rivers 35, Roethlisberger 69, nice. And Aaron Rodgers, one. He has thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round pick. It was Mercedes Lewis in 2019. He's he's just never had one. Who's
3: way past his prime and was kind of a light free agent pickup at that point as a tight end.
0: I was thinking about Breeze trying to figure out. I bet most of his are running backs, like Bush and and Ingram. I they, at the Saints haven't had a whole ton of first round receivers. But one,
1: what do you think the rationale is? Why 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 is it that Green Bay has refused to help him? I mean, is it like an intentional sabotage thing? That wouldn't really make sense. Well,
3: the whole thing looking, doesn't
0: make
1: sense. If you're looking at it for the last
3: like half decade and not the whole time he's there. like you remember when they hired the uh, Matt LaFleur this past year it was kind of like, uh, like like please don't be the problem this time Aaron and there was still a little bit of like Aaron Rodgersness throughout last season despite them being a win away from the Super Bowl so I wonder if they're just kind of tired of it It's but- always been a strange fit
2: It is, but even still, like why are you taking A. J. Dillon in the second round? I mean, that's a two bound back at two down back at best, and he doesn't catch the ball well out of the backfield. So if you're gonna have a running back in the NFL, they have to be elite, which he is not, or they have to be versatile, which he is absolutely not. And you're taking him in the second round. It's just mind blowing.
1: Was at the collegiate level LSU the clear winner from the weekend?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely, and the SEC as a whole. I mean, just completely dominating the college football world yet again. Uh, I mean, putting to bed so many narratives, like ESPN is in bed with the SEC. Financially, sure, yeah, they are, but they are with all the other leagues as well, and the stars don't matter. Both of those are just ruined because the SEC dominated draft picks again, and the four- and five-star players get drafted at a much higher percentage than their three- and two-star counterparts it's just maybe we play the best football in the country around here i don't know
0: the craziest thing about lsu is they've got two more guys on their roster right now who would have been top 10 picks in this draft with stingley and chase so as as great as they were they still got they had two more guys that could have come if they could have come out this year they would have been top 10 picks well and it was it was front loaded too 14
1: lsu players were taken Overall in the draft. A little surprising that Thaddeus Moss, the son of Randy Moss, was not taken in the draft despite having 47 catches for 540 yards and four touchdowns last year. And it felt like people liked them a lot. And of the 14 that were taken, 10 of the 14 came in the first three rounds of the draft. So it's not like you were just backfilling at the end with, oh, yeah, these were good players at a major school. It was elite players going in the first two days of the draft for LSU. Does it surprise you that Thaddeus Moss didn't get drafted? He's undersized. Yeah, but there's undersized receivers that make it
2: in
0: the NFL all the time. Uh, That one's a bit of a Uh, mystery. A little surprising. The long snapper got drafted from LSU. That's that's what we're talking about here. They were so good, the long snapper got, got drafted.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, a remarkable weekend for LSU. D- does that say to you, because we talk all the time about Alabama, right? I mean, they get tons of guys drafted every year. It's usually, what, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. It was 9 this somewhere year. Somewhere in that range. And say what? It was 9 this year. So 9 this year. And Alabama just reloads, right? I mean, we still put them in the top 5 every year and expect them to win the west and expect them to be in the the hunt for the college football playoff. When you have 14 players drafted and another 3 or 4 that go as unrestricted or unsigned free agents and are, you know, headed to training camps as well, conventional wisdom would tell you you're going to take a step back. Because it's not like it was just one area of the football team. I mean, they had guys on the defensive side of the ball that were elite. Calavon Chason and Patrick Queen. Offensive side, their quarterback Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and others and others and others. Is LSU, as a result, going to take a step back or are they now in the same category as Alabama where it's just, okay, just press the reset button and we'll do it with a new bunch of guys that were all four and five stars?
3: They're taking a step back. This is like one of yeah. the greatest college seasons ever.
0: They, they have are- recruited really well but they have not recruited as well as Alabama. Alabama has been no worse than, I think, third in the 24-7 rankings for the last decade. LSU has had some teams. They had a team a couple years ago that was 15th. Our class was 15th. They've had you know some top 10 classes. They have not recruited at that same level. It's a huge On the test offensive for Ed side, say again, it's a huge test
2: for Ed Orgeron because if they're going to be... Uh, this kind of national power. If you ask about staying power, I mean, the kind of thing that happened to LSU this season happens to Nick Saban all the time. I mean, that'll be the... If the season starts on time and we get a normal off-season conversation, that will be it, right? Is can Ed Orgeron replace his ace offensive coordinator? And can he replace his defensive coordinator? And can he do all these things? Nick Saban does it all the time. And if LSU say, rolls out like an 8-4, and I think that answers your question, right? Is they're not on that level? At least this coaching staff is not on the same level as Alabama's coaching staff. I think the programs are pretty equal um, as far as resources and availability to win. But if they can't do that, if they roll out a four-loss season,
1: then you know it's not the same because Alabama's never done that under Saban. Because once Alabama got to that level, they've stayed there. Always. There's never been a step back. It took a couple of years to get there, only a couple, but they got there and then they've stayed there for a decade. It's taken LSU under Ed O's run a handful of years to get to this level. He did what his predecessor was not able to do outside of, what, one year. Um, But, but I think, Borky, you hit the nail on the head. It's a two-pronged deal. It's not just... 14 players plus undrafted free agents that are that are going to play pro ball. It's Joe Brady's also now in Cincinnati, and Dave Aranda is in Waco as the head coach of Baylor. And you lost on the offensive side of the ball, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Clyde edwards helaire Damian Lewis, guard on the offensive line, Lloyd Cushenberry, center on the offensive line, Sadiq Charles, tackle on the offensive line, and a long snapper for good measure. And oh, by the way, at number 251 in the draft, Steven Sullivan, a tight end that was drafted. Now, he was not talked about nearly as much as Thaddeus Moss, but he's the one that gets drafted from the tight end position. And then on the defensive side, you want to talk about playmakers. Kaylawan Chason goes to Jacksonville at number 20. Patrick Queen goes to Baltimore at 28. Grant Delpit goes in the second round. Christian Fulton goes, what, end of the second, beginning of the third. Uh, Jacob Phillips, another linebacker, goes. Rashard Lawrence, a defensive tackle, goes. I mean, it's dudes on both sides of the ball. Both sides of the ball, special teams,
2: trainers. I mean, GAs that they thought were going to be the next position coaches of the future that are gone. It's it's a, a huge test for him because, as I just said, this happens to Saban every year. Coordinators, players, all this stuff, all the time. And he just water off a duck's back, man. Like, it never even bothers him.
1: Yeah. Uh, here we go. C Spire text line. Syracuse had a punter drafted, for goodness sake, yet zero Ole Miss players. And also, who's getting grass cut outside? I hear a lawnmower in the background. That may be outside the studio where Rippy is. I I, I don't know. No, nah, it's here. Probably the only spot.
2: Quarantine. Oh, it's in Starkville. So.
1: It's here. Okay. So it's in Starkville. Fair enough. Yeah, no grass cut uh, cutting happening outside the, my window. I'm giving it one more day, by the way. I'm getting three days without rain for the yard to try and dry up just a little bit, just a little bit, and then try and, uh... oh, that's a low blow. (laughs) It made me laugh, though. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Ed Ogeron's wife is out. Oh, 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 Uh, Oh, man. Ouch. That's not nice. uh, That's tough. All right. Willie Gay was the first Mississippi State player to go went, what, uh, third round is that right hey dad second 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 round late, late uh, sorry second round second round yep. for uh willie gay so what about the guys drafted for mississippi state
0: i thought you know m- I, the most surprising thing for me was the guy who didn't get drafted in daryl williams can't believe that nobody took a chance on him i think he'll he'll go to kansas city as an undrafted free agent and i think he'll have a chance to make that squad really good player uh Danzler and and Cole going to Minnesota. They needed secondary help, obviously. Tyree Phillips was a guy that a lot of people got got on their list after the combine when they saw his frame, his long arms. You know, I think he'll be a, a good fit in that offense. I think you know he'll probably move inside as a guard, six foot, you know, five three hundred and thirty pound guard with his kind of long arms. That should work. And then of course you know the guy that everybody sort of you know buzzing about was Tommy Stevens. The Saints trading back up into the uh, seventh round to grab him. And, you know, well, everything they, the Saints did yesterday as far as quarterbacks go, they they signed Taysom Hill to an extension, Then they look like they're going to sign Jameis Winston to a one-year deal. And so, you know, if, if you're really going to commit to Hill being the quarterback of the future, you got to sort of find a new Taysom Hill. That's the role they're going to try to put Tommy Stevens in.
1: Do you believe that Sorry the extension that. to
0: Taysom Hill is a sign that they think he's the quarterback of the future? Nope. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I think they're, they're, they're going to give him some opportunities this year to prove that he can be that guy, I think. So Willie Gay went in the second
1: round to Kansas City. Cam Dansler in the third round to Minnesota. Tyree Phillips in the third round to Baltimore. Tommy Stevens, seventh round to New Orleans. And then uh, Brian Cole goes in the seventh round to Minnesota. Bulldogs had six undrafted free agents as well. Also, congratulations to Quez Watkins from Southern Miss goes to Philadelphia in the sixth round, and it's going to be a pretty deep wide receiver room there for him. Ole Miss had six players that signed as undrafted free agents. We'll tell you who those guys were when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm with you on this Monday afternoon. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. Start of a new week. A week that is going to maybe begin to cautiously allow us to feel like things are trending in the right direction. Did I put enough caveats on that? Maybe appropriate cautiously number of caveats. will allow us to tr- start kind of maybe trending in
0: the right direction. Possibly. Hopefully. Hypothetically. Say, <laughs> yes. Best case scenario. Yeah.
1: Um, But in a slightly more serious tone, today was the day that the uh, shelter and home order was uh, was lifted. And we're going to very gradually kind of phase back into some businesses being opened. Uh, I've got a bunch of restrictions in a bunch of places. Uh, so make sure that you're paying attention locally to know what you can and can't do uh, bottom line is we've got to continue to still be smart right I mean I think we've reached the point where we've got to allow some businesses to try and save themselves by allowing them to reopen and start engaging in commerce and certainly the uh, the governor and the other uh, decision makers across the state of Mississippi I think are aware of that uh, but it's not like we just walk out this morning and everything's back to normal uh, certainly not the case at all
0: uh, but hopefully, Startville, it's, uh, it, the Startville Board of Aldermen just passed a, a resolution. you got to wear a mask. Going out in Startville, it's it's time to wear a mask. Only those six and under are uh, exempt. Like anywhere in public? Mm hmm.
1: I know that was discussed in Oxford. I think they backed away from that, at least as it stands right now. Essential businesses, um, they were. You, know, you have to have a mask on, and all employees have to have a mask on uh, while doing business, and there's a limit to the number of people that can be in a business location at any specific time. Um, that goes into, I think, Oxford, kind of Rio. Oh, okay, the non-essential businesses, as it stands right now, on the, uh, the 30th, can start engaging in curbside, but I think there's maybe some discussion about Potentially, and this would make a whole lot of sense. Allowing the "quote unquote" non-essential businesses the same rights, if you will, as the essential businesses. So maybe trending in that. So, what about businesses in Starkville, Hey, Dad, or, or everybody can open, but you've got to have a mask.
0: I, I believe whatever businesses are open, I'm not sure if they've made a what kind of distinctions they've made. But if you're out in public, you, you have to have a mask.
1: Yeah. What are the rules in kind of the Jackson Metro area right now, Borky? Or do they vary from you know they're not the same in Madison as they are in Jackson? As yeah, they, they are vary Carl, from as they are in Brandon uh, from municipality.
2: Gotcha. I did go but to the grocery store yesterday and um, they would not let me inside with that one, which is fine because I had one ready, but wouldn't let me in.
1: Yeah, it's 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 weird though. Like I had to run to Batesville on Saturday to pick up a couple of things. And in Batesville, you didn't have to have a mask to enter, you know, a, a hardware store or a grocery store or whatever. But in Oxford, as you were saying, Vorky, you can't go in anywhere without a uh, without a mask on, which is taking a little getting used to. So wh- what are you doing for a mask? Are you lo- using like a surgical mask or one of those N95 respirator masks or... Something in between. Don't have one of those.
2: Um, I, I'm using an old. Look headband. at you,
1: hate dad!
2: Nice, um, an old headband of my wife's that fits per- perfectly over my nose and mouth and around my head. So,
1: you guys remember I went skiing for the first time back in December, and yeah, the 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 only masks that I have are the ones that you use in the yard to like keep dust out, and those things are like they're hot and heavy and whatever else. So I pulled out the uh, the neck gator, like so, you know, where you can kind of pull it up over your nose and your mouth. That was far more comfortable than uh, going the uh, the mask route. Anyway, undrafted free agents for Mississippi State: six of them. Uh, Daryl Williams, who Hey Dad mentioned a second ago. What was, was he Remington watch list this past year? Yes, Is that right, Remington Trophy. Yes. mm Hmm. I'm surprised he didn't get drafted.
0: I am too. I mean, he was preseason all SEC. I thought he was the second best center in the conference after uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, a good leader. You know, I, there, there was nothing about he had no black marks against him. I don't know why he, somebody didn't take a sixth, seventh round flyer on him. I was really surprised by that.
1: On the defensive line, Chauncey Rivers goes to Baltimore. As an undrafted free agent, Leo Lewis goes to Pittsburgh as a linebacker. Uh, Isaiah Zuber and Steven Gidry, a couple of receivers, go to New England and Dallas, respectively. And then Tommy Champion picked up by Seattle as an offensive uh, lineman, undrafted free agent as well. Out of those
0: – You're missing a few here, too, that must have been later additions. Oh, okay. uh, Lee Autry, defensive lineman, is headed to Chicago. Safety, Jaquarius Landrys, is headed to the Giants. And tight end Farad Green is headed to Indianapolis. Okay, so that's nine total.
1: We know mm-hmm. that the road to making a team as an undrafted free agent is difficult and narrow, and not many people get there. Out of those nine,
0: do any of them make a team? I think Williams will. Uh, like I said okay. he's just a good player, uh, and he, he'll 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 make. I think he'll stick. Um, the next guy I would pick out of that list is probably Isaiah Zuber. You know, he, he had a really poor year last year at Mississippi State, but he was really solid at Kansas State. I know he can catch the football. I think he can contribute on special teams. Something tells me they'll find a way to, to use him in New England. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it, it's really sort of a crapshoot for the rest of them.
1: Ole Miss had, at least at this point, and Rippy, correct us if we've missed any, six undrafted free agents. Um, Benito Jones to the Miami Dolphins, Scotty Phillips goes to Houston, Josiah Coatney to Pittsburgh, Austrian Robinson signs with Carolina, Jalen Julius with Kansas City, Miles Hartsfield with Carolina. So, Rippy, same question to you. Of those six, any that you think have a legitimate chance to make a roster?
3: Benito Jones? Like, if you made me pick two, I'd probably say Benito Jones and Scotty Phillips if he can stay healthy. So, um, But outside of that, it's kind of tough to see a path. Maybe I'm wrong, though, but I would uh, I would say those two have the best crack at it, particularly Benito Jones.
0: That's another guy I was surprised wasn't drafted.
3: So was I. Um, so I think he's got a decent I shot dream. to stick somewhere. Because you remember a lot of these times if you perform well in camp and even if they don't have a roster slot for you, you get cut and then picked up somewhere else. It's right. almost a uh, indirect path to landing on another team.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I like the way that he played. I wonder if Josiah cotney has got a shot. Borky, did you see anything from Josiah Cotney that makes you think, that's a guy that could, maybe it's the scenario that Rippy was talking about, maybe it's not Pittsburgh, but performs well enough in camp that somebody picks him up?
2: Yeah, he gained a little weight this past offseason as well, too. Played more like, at least physically looked more like an NFL defensive lineman. It's just so difficult. You know, I mean, I could have been talked into seeing him get drafted in the sixth or seventh round even. uh, Because he was a good, productive SEC defensive lineman, and most of his career was spent on really bad defenses. So, um, didn't get all that much scouting attention. And it's a good place for him as well.
1: I think Benito Jones is going to play in the NFL. Yeah, I'm just. I think he's going to play there for a while. To be perfectly honest with you, pretty mystified uh, that he was not taken at some point. Yeah, just feels like he plays a spot that's important, right? You, when when you can kind of be a, a strong, reasonably active space filler that puts up some numbers in the middle of a defensive line, feels like you got a chance to to kind of even if it's bounce around to some different places. Um, you got to be athletic enough to rough, rush the passer now as well, and I think he is. So
2: the, the era of 365 NFL defensive linemen that's just meant to take up space is kind of gone. It's like the center in the NBA. They've got them, but you don't really use them anymore. You need guys that are big and physical interior defensive linemen, but that can
1: be quick and athletic enough to get to the passer. It's
2: an interesting combo that they've switched
1: to. Could Vince Wilfork have the career that he had in today's NFL
0: if he was just getting started? Maybe. He's a little a little different in that he's, you know, as big as he was, he was still athletic, I thought. So probably so, but it's definitely a dying breed for sure. Like Tony Saragusa doesn't make a roster. Anymore. That's a better example of a guy who, yeah.
1: Yeah. You remember a couple of years ago when, uh, I guess it was Houston – was the uh, team on um, Hard Knocks. I loved Vince Wilfork on that. He's <laughs> great. Man, he was just go go to work, go home, eat barbecue, and sit by the pool and get ready to do it all over again the next day. Maybe oversimplifying a little bit, but uh, he, he had earned that at that point in his career. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We will take a timeout and be back to wrap up the three o'clock hour with you in just a couple of minutes. Be thinking about your winners and losers from the weekend, you can text them to us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. That's the number for you to be a part of the conversation. Who was your winner? Who was your loser from the uh, the weekend. So we uh, got a message, as we were talking about earlier, said this past Saturday was when it started in Oxford. You can't go in a store without a mask. Yep. True statement. Steven Westpoint wants to know if Startful is going to supply the mask for everybody that needs a mask. where did no. you get your mask, hey, Dad?
0: Uh, it came to me via the, uh, I guess, our HR department or something. It was on my desk. Oh, when I get when I came to work,
1: there you go. That's that's the one that they uh, were distributing. So, did yeah. you ever get yours, Rippy? I did. I wore it this weekend. Very good. Well, you, I think. Would it muffle you if you wore it? Wore it right now. I don't I have, don't have know. it. With I mean, me I right guess you're now. in a room by yourself. I mean, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to wear one while you're there but no I mean the whole is the city supplying the mask no but you don't have to have a mask per se you've just got to have something covering your face and your mouth so you can take a t-shirt and cut it and use it and tie it you can use a bandana you can use a gator you know a fishing gator or a ski gator you can use an actual mask you can be creative yes I guess that it's a little inconvenient but uh sorry that's uh it's just kind of where it is um Borky, question for you. C Spire text line. Why do you think Taysom Hill is not being seriously considered as Breeze's replacement? That's from Craig and Moss Point. That's a really good question. And
2: I think they really want him to be, but I think they're showing you that they don't believe that he is. For example, he just sent a big extension. I mean, what is it? $11 million a year or so. That is perfect value for the role that he plays right now. But The examples I keep going back to are one last year when Drew Brees goes down with an injury, he took one snap at quarterback. If they really believed that he had some kind of incredible upside and he was the quarterback of the future, don't you think at some point they would have gotten him some reps in those games? No, he just took one snap. And even after Drew Brees announced he was coming back for this season, they still tried to negotiate to keep Teddy Bridgewater on roster. And that, again tells me, reading between the lines, that they're not sure about the quarterback room beyond him because they wanted to keep Bridgewater there for the future. And now they signed Jameis Winston. And it very well could be a one-off, and they they use him for this season to have a relatively competent backup in case Drew Brees goes down again and you can keep Hill in his current role. Um, And then once he leaves in free agency, you can get a compensatory pick from that. Maybe that's all they're using him for. But that, again, tells me... They like Taysom Hill in his current role. They think that's what they're going to be able to use him for moving forward. Because if Drew Brees goes down again, guess who's the quarterback? It's Jameis Winston. At some point, don't you need to play your future quarterback at quarterback? So I'm reading between the lines a little bit. Also, when when he's actually playing the position in preseason or the very few times he actually lines up at quarterback, it doesn't look good. He's a great athlete. And his measurables are better than um, Jalen Hurts' everywhere, even speed. He's bigger, he's heavier, and he's faster, if you can believe that, than Jalen Hurts. He's a super athlete. But the quarterback thing doesn't look like it really works. And at some point, if he's your guy of the future, if Breeze goes down like he did last year again, shouldn't you play the quarterback of the future at that position instead of running on kickoff team and catching passes as the tight end? I think they're telling you, by action, not word, that they don't believe he's that guy, that they love his current role, they're paying him an appropriate value for his current role, but they're not grooming him to be quarterback. If that was the case, they wouldn't sign Teddy Bridgewater, fight to keep Teddy Bridgewater, and now sign
1: Jameis Winston. True or false, Jameis Winston will start a game at quarterback this year for the Saints? Ooh, I'm going to go true. True. Because if nothing else, he'll start the week.
0: 17 game.
1: True or false, uh Taysom Hill will start a game at quarterback this year. False. False. All right. Hey, Jeff asked a question.
2: It's all a funny stat this weekend. Jameis Winston has completed more passes to Saints players than Taysom Hill has
1: in his career. <laughs> <laughs> So, more interceptions to Saints players by Jameis Winston than Taysom Hill has completions to Saints players. That's right. What?
2: And I did see somebody say, well, at least Jameis Winston can throw to Bucks players now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. One One would hope. One would hope. Wait, no. What are you talking about? Huh? No, we don't hope that. We don't hope that. Oh, yeah. yeah there it is. And I was, yeah. Light bulb. No, I knew what you were saying. I just didn't compute. Thinking ahead. Mouth moving faster than my brain. That happens sometimes. Uh, some would say it happens a lot. Winners and losers when we come back as we roll into the 4 o'clock hour with you. Monday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and online at supertalktv.com. Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. COVID-19 is impacting all aspects of the lives of Mississippians in honor of the 16 Make-A-Wish kids in Mississippi. And to help our heroes on the front lines of this battle, Make-A-Wish staff, volunteers, and wish families will donate a hand-sewn mask to local health facilities for every $10 donated. It's called Fund-A-Mask, Grant-A-Wish. To donate and help a uh, help grant a wish to a child with a life threatening disease and help our health care workers get much needed masks. Go to supertalk.fm/slash masks. We're glad to be with you this afternoon. Ceasefire text line is open 601-879-4395 is the number. Equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a work from anywhere toolkit from Ceasefire Business featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. Learn more today at cspire.com slash business. That number, 601-879-4395. It's Monday. It's just after 4 o'clock. That means it's time for winners and losers.
4: All 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 I do is
2: win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser,
1: baby. We got winners.
4: We got losers. Americans love a winner. And will not tolerate a loser.
1: Win never win. Get a win never win. All right, I've I've got two winners from the weekend, opposite ends of the spectrum. Neither have to do with sports. One is very local, very personal, and one is very international. So I'll go local first. Uh, yesterday, we, uh, we rode out to see my in-laws. They kind of sat on the porch, and we just kind of let the kids play in the driveway and ride around on toys and whatnot. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but my wife's grandfather had a 1963 Jeep Willis, and it's still in really good condition. And He passed away a few years ago, and so it is here in the greater Oxford area. And I got it out, and I was just kind of riding it around. It doesn't get used as much as it should. So I was just kind of trying to run the motor a little bit, and Obi was riding around with me. My my little boy, he's our middle child, and he is seven, almost seven and a half. And so we were riding around to the boat ramp, and I said, you want to drive? And he was like, yeah. So this is a, again, 1963 Jeep Willis. It is a three-speed manual transmission it has a clutch where you've got to press it all the way to the floor, but it's got all kinds of wiggle and give in the clutch. The uh, gas pedal is not the easiest thing to operate. So it's not like we, you know, said, "Hey, let's learn how to drive a stick shift when you're seven years old on, you know, a smooth shifting Nissan pickup or something like that." And we were sitting on the flat part above the uh, the boat ramp, and I was trying to explain to her, "All right, clutch on the left, brake in the middle, gas pedal on the right." Clutch all the way to the floor, reverse is top left. So you're going to shift it down into first with the clutch all the way to the floor. You're going to ease off the clutch and then give it a little bit of gas. And easing off the clutch and giving it a little bit of gas in this specific vehicle is not particularly easy. But the Jeep is a little forgiving in that, like, response time is not immediate. It's not like if you come off the clutch too quickly, it just immediately dies. It kind of coughs for a second. And if you can give it for give it a little gas, it'll stay on. So he comes off the clutch. I was like, easy, easy. I was like, I said easy. Give it some gas, give it some gas. So it, we, we kind of rock back and forth a couple of times, and then he gets it going. And it was like, yes, this is a celebration moment. My seven-year-old just got it into gear, driving a stick shift on a vehicle from the early 1960s. He's going to make it in life. I, I'm a big believer that if you can drive a stick shift... Especially an old stick shift something you can drive anything, and that everybody should uh, learn how to do that at some point. Uh, up next is my ten year old daughter, and we'll uh, we'll work on that soon. So Obi is a winner. First time attempting to drive a stick shift, he had a uh, he had relative success. Good luck topping that, boys.
0: Hey dad, give me a winner. Uh, if I did my math right here. Fourteen. By the way, uh, hey, now, can you drive a stick shift? I cannot. What? I can't drive a stick shift. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, winner. If I did my math right, uh, fourteen uh, players who played high school football in the state of Mississippi were either drafted or signed a free agent deal over the weekend. Only two high schools had two players. Uh, one is Meridian High School, traditional. 6A powerhouse, so that's not overly surprising. But what's that other high school you say? Why, that is St. Aloysius High School in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Southern Mississippi's Drake Dorbeck and DeMichael Harris are headed to Cleveland and Indianapolis on free agent deals, respectively. So a proud day for the Flashes. They are my winners today.
1: I was convinced that you were going to say, and as much as I would like to tell you it's St. Al, it's not. It was fill in the blank. Two from St. Al. Yeah, and there'll be one next year when Ben Brown goes, too. Very cool. Very cool. Borky, give me a winner. Wait, Borky, can you drive a stick shift? I can. Okay, good.
2: My dad taught me right after I learned how to drive. I'd probably screw it up now. It's really been since then, but I knew how to do it at one point in my life.
1: Okay. Give me a winner.
2: The Miami Dolphins, more specifically a draft pick of theirs, the seventh round listed at wide receiver Malcolm Perry. Dude had an incredible career at Navy, uh, really cool to see him get picked up, and you want to talk about an athlete that's a sleeper in the seventh round, there's one for you. Good All-American type kind of kid, and getting picked in the NFL after a career at Navy is pretty special. I mean, he had 3,000 total yards last year as a quarterback, only 1,000 of them through the air. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he was a special athlete, and it's really cool to see him get drafted, and uh Dolphins had a really good draft, so the tank worked. They
1: did. They absolutely did. Rippy, can you drive a stick shift?
2: Nope.
3: Uh, my winner is the NFL and just the draft in general. We went from just talking about how like the technical difficulties in one of the mock trials earlier in the week to a pretty flawless experience all around and something the coaches actually seemingly, from reading about it, enjoyed not having to be at the office all the time, kind of doing it from home. Uh, probably not a permanent thing, but an impossible situation. They, uh, It seemed like every all parties involved got the most out of it that they possibly could, including, including the kids that like early round picks that couldn't actually go up there and enjoy the day.
1: Yeah. Morky, did you put a, a note in here that said there's actually some push for this to kind of be the... Standard operating procedure for the draft going forward? Yeah, I've seen a few
2: columns talking about how this was real and this was the first time the NFL draft gave you the look behind the scenes. And there are people that want this to continue, especially from the, the personnel side, the coaches and the GMs. But there are uh, apparently at least a few columnists that think that this is something that they should do forever.
1: Mm-hmm. I disagree you see with the that. pictures from Nashville last year? Yeah. <laughs> Not happening.
2: And the ratings number is not because you got to see the coaches in their living room with their kids awkwardly standing behind them.
1: Although, I would argue that seeing the coaches in their home environments was kind of cool.
2: It was cool. I wouldn't mind a live look into the war rooms. But they're not going to do that without a bunch of people around them moving forward. So the idea is not going to happen anyway. But it was at least unique for the
1: one-off year. Here's a winner. His name is Eric C. T-S-E. He is from Hong Kong. One of China's richest families just gave their 24-year-old son a $3.8 billion gift. The family founded a biopharmaceutical company in Hong Kong, and they gave their son one-fifth of the company, 2.7 billion shares. And so overnight... Young Eric C went from broke twenty four year old looking for a job or maybe working, but not really working, to being worth just short or just shy of four billion dollars. Think he'll
2: sleep better tonight? See, I don't think I'd be able to sleep. I would just run through all, all the things that I'm going to buy in the near future through my head. It would keep me up at night. Well,
3: my I doubt this kid was actually uh struggling. Uh, before he was res- awarded this gift since, you know, his family invented the company and all of that. So it's really much change for him today. I mean, down the road he's set, but, like, I imagine that kid wasn't slumming it.
1: Yeah. In addition to being given a fifth of the company's shares, he was named an executive director and member of the executive board uh, and has a compensation of just shy of half a million dollars a year plus discretionary bonuses. So, um... Uh, good for him. Good day to be Eric C. He's now a billionaire. Congratulations. At 24 years old. No chance he's messing that up, is there? No chance. I'd find a way. Yeah. Is it possible to mess up $4 billion? If it's in the right account, probably not. Yeah, I'll give it a rip. Yeah. Like, I don't even know that Paris Hilton could mess up $4 billion billion dollars maybe maybe I'm wrong Sports Talk Mississippi with you we'll get to the losers side of things when we come back also your winners and losers on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395 Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott, Rippey, thanks for being with us. 601-879-4395, the number for the C Spire text line. Anybody got a loser from the weekend? Haydad, a
0: loser? You know, we, we most everything ESPN did around this draft was really, really good. But man, could I have done without everybody's sad backstory? Here's here's a newsflash: everybody in this world has someone they love that has died. It, it just happens, you know. Everybody, a lot of a lot of us grew up poor. I'll raise my hand on that one. I, I don't, you know. Just let's celebrate the moment. We don't need to hear about how Grandma got hit by a car in 2003. Every time somebody gets picked, could that have been better?
1: I mean, obviously, they were trying to humanize these players. They were, they were trying to but, but make them... But they're not them, robots. They're, they're, we not, know that they're people. I understand that. But I guess I'm trying to give you a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. I mean, that's something that the coordinating producers of all the different sports talk to announcers about, is we want you to humanize the players. We want you to tell their stories. I, I mean, that's like coming from personal experience. That's something they right. talked about us trying to do more of during basketball. Could it have been, though, that... It didn't have to all be tragedy. Like, could we have heard some uplifting stories from their
0: backgrounds as well? Would that have been okay if they had balanced it that way? I think so. But, gosh, everybody, it was dad died this, mom died that, grandma died. I mean, what are we talking about?
2: They crossed the line with T. Higgins.
0: What did they say about him? On his
2: graphic, it said mom uh, had drug addiction for 16
1: years.
0: Oh, come on.
2: That's crossing well, the line.
1: But but if it's now in the rearview mirror, if it's had a drug addiction and she'd overcome
0: that, that's not that's not for everybody though. That's fair.
2: And I, other, I actually, for example, the, the humanizing thing, the Saints picks is our Ruiz. So I didn't know much about him I, going into the draft. I saw him on some mocks and stuff, but as it turns out, as most of these players had. His backstory was, was tragic. If I remember correctly, his dad was killed when he was eight, uh, when he was helping somebody change a tire on the side of the road, and another car struck and killed him. And so when he was overcome with emotion when he got picked, it was because he has lived his entire life to try to honor his father. And so that makes, that draws me to him and makes me like him even more. So I, I get why they did that. But for example, I forget what player it was. It was just one of these guys that got picked in the mid-rounds, but one of the talking points was he broke his leg in college, and the, when he gets drafted and he's at home in quarantine with his family watching himself get drafted, they show the video of him breaking his leg on the field. Like we, did, we didn't need to see that, did we? In the highlight package when well, he I mean, gets drafted, you don't This have is to ESPN, show
0: that. though. I mean, ESPN and Nick Fitzgerald's first game back against Kansas State replayed him his ankle getting turned around about six times. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Nobody wants to hmm. see that stuff. Just tell us. You don't have to show us.
1: But He got hurt. The production, though, was
2: incredible, Uh, other than that.
0: Yeah, everything else was great, but, man, that one thing was really sour. Riffy you got a loser? I mean, it's, like, low-hanging fruit,
3: but Danny Cannell had a rough weekend. What did he do? He knows he has a stick at this point, so, like, I get it, but, like, come on, man.
2: Hey, Richard, he did the message board. The SEC only produces the best players because they pay more line. That's his new angle now. Not that Louisiana and Florida and Texas and Georgia produce more athletes than basically everywhere else in the country. Mississippi's a top five state in the country and athletes produce per capita. Alabama's up there as well and athletes per capita. No, not because of those reasons. Not because there's more athletes here. We just pay more around here. That explains Ohio State. That explains Clemson and Florida State. Yeah, it's just because we pay around here and nobody else does.
1: Well, I hate to uh, punch holes in common theories that are out there, but apparently the old Rebels aren't paying much these days.
2: Yeah, not a not a good look.
1: Mm. Borky, you got a loser?
2: Well, that would have been my one. Um, it, and I said something on Twitter. I, I probably should have added more context to it, but I think what happened in not having a draft pick Uh, underscores the reason that change needed to be made. No, Ole Miss not having a draft pick this year is not all Matt Luke's fault. And also, guys that were supposed to be seniors this year, three of them, got drafted a year ago, two of which had incredible rookie seasons. This was Hugh Freeze's final class, even though it was the number 7 class in the country. Some guys transferred. There was all kinds of stuff that goes into not having a player selected in the draft. However... NCAA doesn't matter. It, the not being your recruiting class doesn't matter when you're getting out drafted by Tulane and Louisiana tech and temple and something called Lenore Rhine. It is. It, you oh, they just got the old bear mascot. Yeah. They got the old old Miss bear. I mean, Hugh freezes Liberty had a player drafted this year. It, It's not all Matt Luke's fault. I'm sure he's going to take credit for that, too. Oh, of course. It is absolutely not all Matt Luke's fault. Not even close. However, an SEC program, the only SEC program to not have a player drafted underscores what were issues within the program, players weren't getting developed, and just shows another reason on top of the more important ones – why Keith Carter needed to make a change and to save that football program because I could not imagine right now what Ole Miss fan morale would be if a change hadn't been made and then all this coronavirus stuff is happening. I could not imagine. I mean, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't have Ole Miss fans that would care to even listen to a sports show anymore. They'd be out. So it's not all his fault. There's more layers to it, but it underscores exactly why there needed to be a change in the program. Something was wrong in an SEC West program. Not having a
1: single player drafted underscores that point. C Spire text line. Jason, did the president really advocate for folks injecting disinfectant into their veins, or is this a typical overreaction? If he did, he is a loser. That's- it's just sarcasm, bro. I don't think he actually intended for people to try and get the contents of a Lysol can into a hypodermic and inject it into their. No, no I don't think that was really what he was suggesting. Uh, Not a good Mike day in for in... him, though. Yeah. Mike in uh, Grand Bay says Loser Tampa Bay?
2: Man, I don't see that. I thought they had a great I don't draft. See that.
1: Uh, Mike also says he can top my Jeep story, but he is proud of my son. He says, my grandpa had a World War II Jeep that I had to learn how to replace a clutch because of my learning to drive. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, if you had driven it better, Mike, you might not have had to replace the clutch. Uh, Ed in Brookhaven says, Old Miss, loser for not having anyone drafted. Uh, loser, sports talk, Mississippi for employing beat writers who can't drive stick shifts. Uh, Jeff and Grenada I have disowned Hey Dad How can you be a state fan If you can't drive a stick Or a tractor Also have to have Castrated a bull Or a boar hog Loser admit for admitting You can't drive a stick shift Hey Dad Is that really that big Of a badge of honor? Stick
0: shift. I mean Jesus Christ guys Do they even make Stick shifts anymore Like for regular cars? I guess, but you know, who buys them? Yeah, kind of have to go out. Yeah, yeah. It felt like that was something. Not being able to churn butter next. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you can't churn butter? Yeah, come on. I don't know how to tan leather or you know, or or, you know, forge a sword either. If that if that's necessary, just get the metal hot and bang it. I guess that's what she said. (laughs) Jeez. Nice. Jeez. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. As soon as you said it, I was like, "Yeah, man, you got go right to into that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> I there is a point in my life where I thought driving a stick shift was like one of those end of the world skill sets that was necessary to to move on through life. It's kind of Guinness more though.
3: Sorry, what? Did you call Guinness? Like, I I don't understand what like this. The text line is a appalled that no that mean Hey Dad, you can't drive one? Is that a I I can't drive me? one. Well Rippy, most of the uh,
2: people listening to this show are double your age, and back then stick shifts were a lot more common.
3: Does it make it any more useful now?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean you can, I mean, I can't, can't tell it behind the wheel either. and drive any wheels. I don't that know that Morse code. wheels. I never I'm watched the howdy duty hour. I mean, I don't know what these people want. Thanks for making me feel young. I'm not sure what your
1: excuse is. You're like 50. I mean, you should have gone through learning
0: that. (laughs) The senior in the room. Don't put that
1: middle finger up. Stop it, hey dad. People can (laughs) see streaming now. They can see
0: the video stream. They know I didn't do that.
1: Hogman wants to know how many the Black Bears had drafted. We already said Lenore Ryan had one, and
2: Maine had one too. I think
1: text Dog message man. think you should have to drive uh, be able to drive a stick and know how to change a tire to get your driver's license I don't change a tire I've done Same. that yeah. just no stick Wardstock Mississippi we'll be back right after this who's bad all right poll question time we'll get to that in just a minute first we'll remind you the C Spire text line is open Some people just won't wait for an invitation to come on the radio. But for some people, they don't even have to have an invitation. My good friend J.T. Williamson, perhaps you have heard of him. Uh, He hosts a radio show called The J.T. Show. He's been taking a little bit of a vacation. He will be back hopefully very soon. J.T.,
4: what's up? Man, y'all are cracking me up about driving stick shifts. Y'all are making me laugh today. I called you to tell you something. I'm okay. doing something for the first time since January. Okay. I'm, act- I'm driving my truck with my daughter. She's here with yeah. me, riding out to the barn. My physical therapist helped me, showed me how to get in my truck today, and she told me I needed to drive, and it's just another part of getting back into the daily routine of life. And I'm so excited. Y'all are just cracking me up about driving. And I'm excited about this step I made today.
1: Man, I can't tell you how happy I am you shared that with us. Are, are you going to attempt to find a, uh, a mud hole and channel your inner 18-year-old?
4: <laughs> no, I'm not. We're just going to the barn. We're just hanging out. Me and my daughter, I've been blessed. She's been able to kind of help me through this. And uh, the good news is hopefully, guys, in a couple of weeks, you'll be hearing my voice back on the air if 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 everything goes the way we hope it does and if it's in god's plan that's what's going to happen and man i'm excited and i'm excited about driving today and getting better every day getting stronger and uh i got a question for you richard Uh, all right i know you can drive a stick shift but can you drive a three on the tree yes sir okay you know that was what it's I been a long time
1: because there aren't many of those that are out there anymore but i had a buddy in high school who had i guess inherited a great uncle's truck and it was like a 1970 something you know chevy pickup truck and it was a three on the right. tree
4: right and rippy and hey dad don't have a clue what you and i are talking about and that's what makes that even funnier uh, <laughs>
1: Guys, uh, hey, hey JT, learning. somebody yeah. sent us a message. Uh, they sent us a screenshot. They uh, asked Google what percentage of the United States population can drive a manual transmission. Yeah. Apparently 18%. Well,
4: you know, that's crazy because, I mean, I grew up riding a dirt bike, and, you know, it had a clutch, and you had to use mm-hmm. it. You know, so it wasn't anything for me. Um, I, like, My dad had an old Wizzles Army Jeep, too. Learn how to drive it, you know. I guess it's just our age. It's just, it's just how we are, you know. It's the generation we were brought up in, and and you can't you can't fault people for it. I guess not, but y'all are cracking me up about that. Hey, Dud, I got some cornbread for you, pal.
0: Oh, you you eat that, man? You you enjoy it? It's all yours. I told you,
4: <laughs> I tweeted you yesterday. Put some cheese and corn, jalapenos in it. You'll love it.
0: I'll tell you what. For you, I'll eat it.
4: <laughs> hey, i'm so T- glad to talk I, to you guys
1: i gotta be honest with you so you and i talked i guess it was friday a week ago after uh after we wrapped up the show and and i've heard you on your show a couple of times and and your voice has been a little weak it, it sounds stronger to me do you feel like you're getting stronger
4: well my voice is actually weak right now because i had physical therapy today and that kind of tweaks it a little bit or just you know they work me pretty hard, but uh, it's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm good, man. I, I'm up. I, the the thing I'm working on right now is trying to balance myself. I still have to use a walker to walk, but what we're working on now is balancing, standing up, and balancing, which is basically I'm trying to trade my brain to balance myself again. You know, I was in the bed, in the hospital bed for a month. And, you know, your, your, your guy David Johnson. I saw his. His tweet today and the fact that he got up and took 10 steps and went outside. I know exactly what he's going for, going through. And I know there's a lot of people praying for him. I've been there and I've done that. And the good news is, is there's hope and he's going to get better. And I'm getting better too. And, you know, like I said, God's plans is, is hopefully I'll be back in a couple of weeks, back on the air. Voice is strong. My legs are getting stronger. Um, you know, it, it, I lost some weight, which is a good thing for all of us. But uh, I'm coming around, man. And All right, I got we'll a question for soon. you. All right. So, so,
1: so, Bert sent us a uh, a text message on the ceasefire text line. He says, "I want to know if JT has gotten out on the grill and smoked anything yet." So, so, we're talking about kind of milestones for you. You drive for the first time today. Has there been a moment yet where you have uh, you've lit the grill?
4: We hadn't done that yet, but my daughter yeah. and I were just talking about, boys, a steak or some shish kebab be pretty good tonight. So. I think that might happen this weekend. We might get the grill going. Okay. Um you know yeah, get that happening and uh get get I'm just like I said, I getting better. still got physical therapy to do, still fighting this lymphoma, but I, you know, God's got a plan and we're gonna follow his plan and that, that the plan is to be back in a couple of weeks. And I'm so happy to talk to you all today, man. I was listening well, to you all f- and laughing at you and I said I gotta call and mess with those guys.
1: All right. Well, I don't think it necessarily needs to be a competition, but when things maybe toward the end of the summer get like they're finally back to normal. See, we all you know kind of give you credit as being the the resident grill master at, uh, at Super Talk, but Borky has been really practicing his craft. Hey Dad right. has been practicing his craft. I've spent I've a whole listening. lot more time hey around the grill. We need to all get together one day and cook for the entire office. And you know, just have a big feed when everybody finally gets back to normal.
4: I'm in. You count me in. Give me of a, give me just a little while. Let's 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 wait till it gets a little closer in football. and We'll have a big tailgate at the office.
0: I like I'm the sound in. of it.
4: I like, like the sound of that. Sounds like a plan also like the sound mean.
1: of your voice, my friend. Good to good to uh, hear from you today,
4: man. Rippy, hey, Dad, Borky, uh, Richard. It's good to talk to y'all, man. I'm so happy to be here to visit with you and. I just wanted to share my milestone, and y'all were making me laugh today.
1: Well, we will attempt to keep doing that. Our good friend J.T. from the J.T. Show said just a few more weeks, and he is planning to be back. First time today since January that he has gotten behind the wheel of his truck. He's driving with his daughter, said they were going to the barn this afternoon, uh, said his physical therapist showed him how he could get into his truck and said he needed to start driving. So... Um, And if that doesn't encourage you a little bit on this Monday, I don't know what else will. How about that, guys? That was fantastic. Made my day. Bradley in Marietta says, JT sounds great. Love to hear him. He needs to be a regular on your show. Cooking is a sport of some sort, I'm sure. Uh, Our landscaping friend, Stuart Landscapes, gives us thumbs up and says it's great to hear JT again. We get a message here that says, Godspeed, JT. Uh, here's one that says God is good. JT is back. Richard and Wiggins says go man go, and uh, sends us the prayer sign emoji. Uh, Bert says I want to know if uh, we asked that a second ago. If uh, JT has smoked any meats yet? Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of well wishes, and I know those have been coming uh, frequently over the last uh, last few months. Um, man, that was great. Good to uh, good to hear from JT. So Borky, you do have a poll question out there now, right? Yeah, we got two of them an off topic poll question of the day.
2: can you drive a stick shift? Apparently our listening audience is much better than the national average. 73% so far. Wow. Say they can. And then the on topic poll of the day after the SEC's dominance in the draft, after they dominated on the football field again, who is the second best? Power Five Football Conference. So obviously the options are the other four. The Big Ten taking the early lead right now.
1: While you stew on that, and we will come back and talk about it uh, right after a, a brief timeout, this from the University of Oregon, this to me feels significant. Not because it wasn't a big deal when Missouri or Oklahoma put a statement out. Oregon's a different part of the country. That's a different conference. That's not the Big 12. That's not the SEC. From the University of Oregon's official Twitter feed, at UOregon, the UO intends to be open for in-person, on-campus instruction for fall term. President Michael Schill announced the plans will be coordinated with health authorities to safeguard the community and prevent the spread of coronavirus outbreaks.
2: Also, today, for whatever it's worth, Purdue University. And in their release, they said zero lethal threat to students uh, is the reason why they're planning on opening again this fall. That was an interesting line I haven't seen yet.
1: Um, However, not everybody is going to. Michigan State? according to Dennis Dodd, is going to do online only? Is that right? Let's see here. Uh, According to, to Dennis Dodd, the list of schools that at this point have said fall students on campus, maybe Michigan State is doing on campus. He's got... Michigan, Miami, Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, Purdue, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Washington State. You can add Oregon to the list as well. Hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. It's trending in the right direction. Take a quick timeout. We'll talk about that other poll question. Which power conference is number two behind the SEC right now? College Football Fix driven by Ford is just around the corner. We'll do that to start the 5 o'clock hour. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Michael Borky driving the ship, making it all happen with you on this Monday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. All right, so the uh, the two poll questions that uh, are out there right now. Number one, can you drive a stick shift? And uh, the responses are kind of all over the place, although overwhelmingly in favor of, yes, 78% of the followers on Sports Talk Mississippi, yes, say they can drive a stick shift. I do love that. (laughs) Hey, Dad, Borky felt it was important to include that you and Rippy could not in the asking of the question.
0: You don't seem to be bothered by that. I mean, it is it I I can't imagine anything more trivial, but all right.
1: Yeah. Um What is the second best Power 5 football conference? The SEC in terms of championships, draft prospects, recruiting rankings, etc. uh seems to be a pretty clear number 1, but what about after that? Big 10, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12. Can we all agree that at least currently, the Pac-12 is number 5? Yes. Probably hard to argue. So what do you do with the other three? Big 10, Big 12, ACC.
0: Who's the second best? I'm looking at it in terms of, you know, who do they have that can beat the SEC's best teams? Obviously, you know, LSU beat Clemson this year, but on any given night, they're... they're Clemson would have a, a can beat the top SEC teams and the Big Ten Ohio State could, but that's pretty much it. So I'm sort of feel like I'm judging it all. Who do I think is better, Clemson or Ohio State? So I, I might go with the ACC on this one.
2: I think the Big Ten has the depth though, because uh, to your point, nobody else in the Big Ten could compete with Alabama LSU last year, for example, right. but I don't think the ACC has a Wisconsin or a Penn State. Now, they could with Florida State. We'll see what Mike Norvell does. But I think the Big Ten has just more depth of, not elite teams because it's just Ohio State, but teams that are good, really solid, stable programs that are winning nine, ten games a year. And you've got that with Wisconsin and Penn State. You could throw Michigan in there, even though they, to some people, underachieve. The ACC doesn't have a Wisconsin or a Penn State.
0: You sort of, you're still sleeping on North Carolina and Phil Longa. That's all I'm That's saying. That's true.
2: Yeah, I saw somebody today say their, uh, their quarterback, what is it, Max Howell, will yeah. be a first-round pick in two years. So,
0: I mean, possible. He had a really good freshman year. Getting that tutelage from Longa. Sam too, Howell. I mean. Sam Howell. Sam Howell, yeah. And Max Howell conference call, yeah. Yeah, to me it's the Big uh,
3: Ten, and it's not that close. I would say the ACC and the Big 12 at this point are a
0: pretty good half-step behind. I just think about how badly Oklahoma gets beat every time they go to the playoff by an SEC team. Yeah. It's difficult to take them seriously.
1: I would agree on the Big Ten front, and I would because first of all, Ohio State is is comp. You know, it's the same as an elite SEC team. It just mm-hmm. is. Um, Borky's point about Wisconsin is a good one. I'd point out somebody like Iowa. Oh,
2: well, that's another good one.
1: I mean, Iowa going to win eight or nine every year, and they seem to jump up and knock off somebody in the way that, um, oh, this will anger some people, but it's just going to have to anger some people. Iowa is the Auburn of the Big Ten. Hmm? That's a
2: pretty dang good comparison.
0: Hmm? I, I think Wisconsin is more the Auburn of the Big Ten. That they occasionally no, Wisconsin get, well, wins
1: more consistently
0: than Auburn. Well, that I week. mean, I agree with that, but they 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 always seem to be like one game shy of the, of the big of the big prize.
2: They just can't recruit well enough there to do it. But Paul Christ, I mean, he's been at Wisconsin for so this is five years: ten and three, eleven and three, thirteen and one, eight and five, ten and four.
1: I think Iowa was the right comparison, and I mean,
0: you you can disagree with that. I mean, it's, it, the only thing I would say is you know Iowa's been to what one Big Ten championship game, when and Auburn's been to what you know five or six SEC championship games. That many? I mean, I'm not one even talking with Damian about Damian like, Craig. Just, there was one with Cam Newton. There was there was one with Nick Marshall they went 2 years ago
1: yeah You're
0: they right. went they went a couple of times in the 90s so um
1: i mean iowa just kind of looked i was trying to look at recent seasons i'll have it pulled up in front of me but they basically win seven to nine games every year and then they pop up and they do a little bit better than that they won 10 games last year in 2015 they won 12 games in 2009 they won 11 in 2004 they won 10 03 they won 10 02 that i realize that's going back a, a little ways but anyway got some really cru- cool traditions great setting for their foot nevertheless yeah i got big 10 as number two conference College Football Fix is next. Sports Talk Mississippi. Like
3: his big Joseph, yeah, in the saying...
1: Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott, Rippy. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. 601-879-4395. That's the C Spire text line. Equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a work-from-home-anywhere, actually a work-from-anywhere toolkit from C Spire Business. That includes home. Featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. Learn more today at cspire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippy. There's plenty of negative news that's out there. Why is it that I'm feeling optimistic?
2: Because there's some trickling out of not negative news lately.
0: I think a I mean, lot got- of it is the, is the draft. We had something normal happen. It wasn't completely normal, but it happened, and, and it gives you something to look forward to. Okay, they drafted players. Those players are going to go to a camp. There's going to be football. It's just I think that's what it is.
1: I don't know if it was the draft for me. I get what you're saying, and that may be it for a lot of people.
0: But it just feels
1: like things are starting to move in the direction of people are sick and not being at work. And we understand that COVID-19 exists, and it's not completely gone, and it's not going to be completely gone. And yes, there's a chance that it flares back up somewhere along the way, but sorry, we got to go to work. And... I feel like government entities have realized that as well. And so people are about to go back to work. And I feel like people are being responsible for the most part when they get out. They are wearing masks and they are maintaining distance. It's a little inconvenient. It's a little frustrating. We're having to learn kind of on the fly what that looks like. But in the name of being, in the name of wanting and needing, to have commerce and business and normalcy and school in the fall. It's like we're willing to go, I don't want to wear a mask. I think it's kind of dumb to wear a mask all the time. I'll wear a mask. I'll stand six feet between me and somebody else. I'll wait outside the store for 10 minutes to get in because they can only have half the normal people in there because it's what we need to do. And I feel like people are having a pretty decent attitude about that. And then I, you know, read the the list from Dennis Dodd a second ago where you've got announcements from about a dozen schools saying we're planning to do classes this fall. I'm looking forward to reading that announcement from Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss. It may come from the IHL where it's every college, university in the state of Mississippi all at once. We're planning to go forward. I don't think you have to make that announcement today, but you darn sure don't make an announcement today that says, "Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to do anything but online classes." That's foolish. If you want to put some positive spin on it and say, "Yeah, we're planning on doing this," that's fine. You don't have to make that announcement. You certainly don't make the announcement right now that, "Yeah, we're not doing not doing that." Not looking good for us. That's just dumb. Dumb. Sorry. I just kind of wanted to share that a little bit. I I just was feeling feel like it's moving in the right direction. Rippy, do you feel like it's moving in the right direction?
3: Yeah, I think so to some degree. I mean, we still got a long way to go and it it's sort of uncertain, but yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I I share your optimism, but I've always been kind of cautiously optimistic the whole time because I've shared the viewpoint of, like you just said, announcing stuff four months out that you're not going to do it, or five months out. I don't see what you gain from that. But, yeah, I mean, I I could kind of sense it, too, Uh, particularly yesterday with the NBA allowing teams, uh, if your state government, local government, whatever, is kind of reopening to go to the facility. I mean, you could definitely sense that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the Atlanta Hawks are going to be the first back. Uh, They've tapped the brakes on that, pushed it back to next, uh, I think May 8th is when they're going to try and get back into their facility. Um, State of Texas is reopening on Friday. Now they're doing businesses and restaurants at 25% capacity. And that's obviously not sustainable forever, but it gets us going again and gets us started and gets us trending and all of those things matter. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. It is time for the college football fix. College football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. Get up to 84 months, 0% financing on some Ford F-150s. Ask how, ask what. Buy one, drive one today at your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Uh, SEC draft notes. For the 14th consecutive year, the SEC had more players drafted than any other conference. The SEC led the nation's conferences in NFL draft picks, again, 14 consecutive years, with 63 selections. The last time the SEC did not top the conference draft list was 2006. The 63 picks was the second most in SEC history. The SEC finished with uh, the first three rounds with 40 selections, which ties the all time record for the most selections by a conference through the first four rounds, which was set by the SEC in 2013. Say that again 40 selections in the first three rounds. The previous record was 40 selections in the first four rounds. It was also set by the SEC. 40% of the first 50 picks came from the Southeastern Conference. Sixth straight year for the SEC to see 50 or more players taken in the NFL draft. Only once in the last 25 years has another conference seen 50 or more players drafted. Period. Sounds like a bunch 13. of SEC ESPN bias to me. Hmm. 13 SEC teams boasted selections in the first three rounds of the draft. And yes, insert punchline for the joke right there. Yes, Ole Miss is the only team that did not have a draft pick period. Never mind first three rounds, never mind first round. Didn't have a draft pick period this year. And Borky, you said Deuce McAllister pointed out on Twitter that extenuating circumstances, yes,
2: but... Yeah, that just can't happen is what he said, and he's right. I mean, there are a lot of factors that went into it, but that just can't happen. It can't, and it underscores, like I said a little while ago for just joining us, it underscores why Keith Carter had to make the decision that he did. Is this the only reason? No, it's not even close. It's not even the top five, but it is an example of why a decision like that had to be made. The program was not winning games on the field, it wasn't winning recruiting battles, and it wasn't developing the players they did uh, did have into NFL prospects. You can blame it on Hugh Freeze's recruiting class. The seniors here were part of a top seven class. So, I mean, blame it if you want to, but that doesn't really hold up. They were in the program for three years. Justin Wilcox at Cal took over a recruiting class that wasn't his, turned a bunch of them into NFL players. Mississippi State, your rival, got decimated by the draft last year, didn't have a very good football team, somehow managed to get five guys drafted. That's after two coaching turnovers. So it's not really excusable, and it underscores why a change needed to be made. There's a flaw within the program. They weren't developing players. They weren't recruiting players that were good enough. They weren't winning games. And this is just another example of why Keith Carter had to do what he did.
1: The SEC has averaged over 50 selections in the draft since 2006. LSU set a school and SEC record with 14 total selections. It ties the all-time record for a single school in the NFL draft. That record was previously held by Ohio State. SEC had 63 total selections, 48 for the Big Ten, 32 for the Pac-12, 27 for the ACC, and 21 for the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, on the Ole Miss thing, I mean, it's just a sign of your program being in a bad place. And there's
2: a lot of reasons for it. Not all of them are, not even close to all of them are Matt Luke's fault,
1: however. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, whatever caveats you want to on it. I think what Deuce said on Twitter is reasonable, though. It just can't happen. Because guess what? You don't have NFL caliber players in a league that puts 63 players into the NFL through the draft, 60 or so a year, averaging over 50 for 15 years. You don't have NFL players, you're not winning games. Period. Period. So you want to win games? I mean, it's not about, oh, so we can put how many draft picks we had on a banner or promotional materials and send those out. It's about winning games. And if you don't have NFL players, you can't and you won't win games. Sports Talk Mississippi. For over an hour now We're randomly getting Text messages And Twitter messages To go Wait Hey Dad can't drive a stick? What's wrong
0: with him? (laughs) You should have just lied I don't believe in lying I believe in honesty I understand I
1: understand
0: What are y'all's core values?
1: Yeah Guys
3: Yeah
1: The ability to drive A vehicle Regardless of transmission
3: I just meant as it pertains to your football program.
1: Oh. Who, me? Yes, I think that was directed in you. I don't have a
0: football program. Why do I have one? (laughs) I'd like
2: one. Can I have one?
0: Well, we believe in grinding. I'll tell you that much. For sure.
3: I was just talking about a certain someone who constantly asked about core values.
0: Oh. You've lost me on this one. We'll have to we'll have to catch up. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on, Rickman, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> the I don't know
3: a former old Miss coach that constantly asked about your core oh, values. Uh, uh, gee, what in the world could I be talking about? I remember Papa John's core values. I, I still have those memorized. Nukes had a creed that I think I had to memorize. Creed? <laughs> <laughs> no, serious. I, I, you I don't work know. At Nukes? <laughs> It's been a while since
0: I hung it up. Yeah, a <laughs> that man. Said. It was like well, a little note news? card. I did. Four, I'm just picturing four years, you like years. the Soviet national anthem is playing. You know, reciting, "I will make our sandwiches fresher." I don't know. I could churn and burn some salad and sandwiches. Yeah. Wait, was this a high school
1: job or a college job? High school. You you couldn't get your job status transferred from. Uh, Jackson to Oxford? I mean, I've, I guess if I had asked,
3: I, I probably could have. But,
1: you know, I went out on top. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What about some uh, some other draft questions? Jalen Hurts in the second round. Does mm-hmm.
2: that make sense? I'm fascinated by it because, I mean, as of right now, he is the backup quarterback, the only other quarterback for the Eagles. And so if you draft him to use him in a Taysom Hill role, you already have a quarterback in Carson Wentz that has had some trouble staying on the field. He's only one hit away from being out. Are you really going to risk your backup quarterback playing one of these hybrid roles and getting hurt himself when Wentz is only one play away? Because if, if Jalen Hurts is on kickoff team... And he gets his shoulder separated or whatever, trying to make a tackle. And then Carson Wentz turns an ankle? I mean, for lack of a better term, you're, you're screwed. So, interesting choice here.
3: I don't think there's any shot they would play their primary backup quarterback on special teams.
0: But, but you uh, get my point, though. I mean, if he's lining yeah.
2: up in the slot, he, can, he goes over the middle and a linebacker takes him out.
0: I just wonder if they're not going to give him a shot at being the backup quarterback. I mean, the the guy had good numbers. Yeah, he's a great athlete, and you might want to try to do some things, but I I honestly think he could be a serviceable NFL quarterback.
3: I don't know. I saw something the other day where he was like a 50% passer on balls that traveled 20 yards, 20-plus 20 yards. Like, he was pretty limited at
0: Alabama. That's true, but I mean, in Oklahoma last year, I thought he was better in the big, in, you know, throwing the the deep ball. I don't
3: know. I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they use him because it it'll be fascinating. I wonder if they get another quarterback, like or dress. Do they dress three quarterbacks? Will be kind of the telltale here. Yeah.
2: Why did the Saints trade up to get Tommy Stevens? I have an interesting explanation for why. Well, at least why they traded up. Why they drafted him? Different conversation, but. Uh, they also traded uh, traded up to get that linebacker as well. Uh, they traded next year's third-round pick and next year's sixth-round pick to get Stevens, the third-round pick to get the linebacker. Turns out they know they're getting compensatory picks for Bridgewater and A.J. Klein leaving. So they're going to have... Well, they traded him away. It doesn't matter now. But they were going to have two-thirds and two-sixths. Ah. So they traded the third that they have extra for the linebacker and the six that they have extra to get tommy stevens
0: brilliant and just a note here on stevens real quick that you know there's been a lot of he's been very injury prone and he has been very injury prone in college nobody was more injury prone in college than Taysom hill yeah true That guy, it took him seven years to graduate, never mind his mission that he had to take because he just could not get healthy. I think he got, I know he got at least one medical redshirt. He might have gotten two. He was there forever. And then in the NFL, he's turned into this wrecking ball. So who knows? I don't know. But Stevens is a good enough athlete to pull this off if he can stay healthy. Taysom Hill has five years of stats at BYU. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I remember they played state in 2016 and he was the quarterback. And I remember texting Chad Bumpus, and I said, hey, do you you see this kid playing quarterback for uh, BYU? Yeah, he was in the same signing class as you. Bumpus had been gone for four years at that point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's pretty good. Tommy Stevens can't play anything other than quarterback, though, can he? He played wide receiver at Penn State.
0: Yeah, but like four plays. Well, I'm just saying he he has pl- he has lined up and played receiver. He's big enough that he could play you know play that H back role a little bit. He's got good speed. He's got good hands. He can do it. We'll
1: Whoa. see. You said he's big enough to line up and play the H back at
0: six five and two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah. Is he really that big? Yeah.
1: Okay. I never once looked at Tommy Stevens and thought, wow, that's Nick Fitzgerald 2.0. Nick Fitzgerald no. looked like a mountain of a human being. Tommy Stevens I, did not at all. They're about the same size. They're not that they're not that I, I, they're not I, that I understand
0: ones. what you're saying. I'm just telling you they don't look like the same size. What I found interesting is you know, we talked about Fitzgerald, we talked about a little bit of this on on the Thunder and Lightning podcast that you remember we had Nick on last year after the draft and we said or before the draft and he talked about how when he went to the combine they were not you know they asked him if he would catch passes and he didn't want to do that Stevens made it pretty clear early on that he was willing to to change positions do whatever to have a shot so Saints felt like that, that he can do it how well did the Dallas Cowboys do in the draft?
2: Real quick, for what it's worth, Taysom Hill six two two twenty one. Tommy Stevens six five two thirty five. Yeah, Taysom Hill did run a
0: four four though in the combine.
1: All right, help me. Stevens ran. Am I crazy? Stevens ran ran like four four eight at
0: his pro day, but I mean that's hand time. So,
1: am I the only one that doesn't think of Tommy Stevens as a large human being? No, like six five two thirty five. That's big. He didn't play like dude.
0: Yeah, because he got I me mean, because he you know got hurt, but he he ran the ball, he ran with power. Of course, he had good speed too. I don't remember him just bowling over anybody the way Fitzgerald would, or the way Dak would for that matter. Hmm.
1: Robert in Oak Grove says the Saints' trainers will bulk him up.
0: Well, I mean, he doesn't Ooh, need to bulk Jason. up much. At 6'5", 235, maybe you know ten pounds at most.
1: Yeah. Um. Jason, I disagree with you here. You say that Jalen Hurts is better than Carson Wentz. No. Carson
3: Wentz was going to win an NFL MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt. What, two years ago? Three at this point, I guess. Super yeah. Bowl season?
2: Yeah. I didn't realize. Because I... if you remember, the Falcons blew a 28-3 to lead with six minutes to go in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. That would be uh... four years ago for
3: <laughs> referencing things.
1: Yeah. So Dallas gets a bunch of help on the defensive side of the ball and an elite wide receiver in Ceedee Lamb in the first round. Great. Hand Jarrett speed. did a pretty good job, didn't he?
2: It's what they needed. I mean, they don't need any other help on offense. It, it is now, after they get Ceedee Lamb, it is now it's real time to to put up offensive numbers or shut up for the Cowboys. And it, we're about to find out, especially if J- uh, Jason Garrett was the problem, but. They've got all the weapons they need on offense. It has to be a playoff team this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, and the East isn't good either. So this should be, you know, if you're Dallas, you should be an 11-win kind of team that wins that division and goes into the playoffs. If you don't do that, you got to reconsider almost everything.
1: Don't you think if you're Drew Locke in Denver on Saturday night, you either, well, I guess you can't go out, so you kind of fix yourself a nice meal, port of, a- Nice, strong glass, whatever your favorite thing is, and just sat there with a big smile on your face.
0: They loaded up. Denver
1: went out and got help for Drew Locke. Are you surprised that they're sticking with him? Because if you remember, in college, he was really
2: productive on not great teams. And a lot of people thought he was going to be this NFL quarterback. And then he goes to Denver, and people are shocked that he's a starter there. Those two things are mutually exclusive. I'm not surprised at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're committing to it. throw the football. He can absolutely throw the football. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Last Dance, Week 2, Episodes 3 and 4 last night. we got the, uh, the viewership numbers, and they were pretty darn good once again. Sports Talk Mississippi, we'll be right back. Episodes three and four last night of Last Dance, The Last Dance, the Bulls-Michael Jordan documentary. So if you rewind a week, episode one, the first one did 6.34 million people, and then it dropped off by about 500,000 for the second episode. So the 10 p.m. Eastern time slot, not as many people stayed up, 5,792,000. Episode 3, which was the first of the two episodes last night, did 6,144,000. And then you had a comparable number to the second episode last week, 5,657,000. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, the the most watched episode is still the very first one. at 6.3.5 million. But last night... 6.1.5, 6.1.5, so you're only, we're only you know a couple hundred thousand off from what the, the debut uh, edition did. They're averaging 6 million viewers per episode over four episodes. It's pretty good.
2: Yeah, the staying power is the most impressive part. It tells you... And I haven't had a chance to watch last night's yet, so I'm one of those people that watched the first night, not the second, but it shows you the staying power, how well it's done and how compelling the story is. Usually... Almost always, you can expect drop off from week one to week two of literally anything you put on television.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And ESPN, uh, they teased episode five last night with a picture of Jordan and Kobe. So with that, st- you know that wound is still relatively fresh. That that just leads you to believe a lot of people are going to tune in to see what that's about. Did you watch last night? Hey, Dad? watched them both. Had to relive yeah. the '91 finals again. That was great. Enjoyed that.
1: I, uh, I was an hour and a half late, like I wasn't able to sit down at 8 o'clock. It was about 9.30 when I started watching, but then watched both of them all the way through. Um, I'm a little conflicted for next Sunday night. Get the uh, Season 5 debut episode of Billions next Sunday night as well.
3: Oh, that's right. It's a yeah. good thing they make those recording things now.
1: It's a good
0: thing, isn't it? I know how to work that.
1: Uh, There you go. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, 601-879-4395. That's the number for the C Spire Healthline. Uh, Don't forget to uh, support your local businesses. Uh, They continue to go through difficult times, and there are a few things that we can all do to support our favorite local businesses. Uh, Buying local is the best thing you can do, whether it's gift cards or as businesses come back online online. Uh, like literally online, not www.online, be sure to shop locally. Uh, Order takeout or curbside pickup from your favorite local restaurants. You can check out a full list at supertalk.fm slash eats. Tons of options there for you all across the state. Just remember that a little compassion can go a long way. Um, Jacob Eason with the Indianapolis Colts. I had to wait a long time to hear his name called. Good spot? A really good spot, don't you think? He gets to uh, play
2: under Phillip Rivers for a year, learn everything he can from a veteran like him, especially what not to do with two minutes to go and the ball down by six points or less. But... um A really good spot for him because he'll have a chance to compete for a job next year on a team that should still be built well enough to win. So he won't have, like in Joe Burrow's case, I mean, Joe's got to be extraordinary for them to just be competitive next year. And if Jacob Eason two years from now is the starting quarterback, the roster's built in a way that
1: he won't have to play above his head to win games. Is he a less athletic, less cerebral, less big arm version of Andrew Luck?
3: I think that qualifies as a lot of people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Only, 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 only on the physical traits, could you compare him to Tom Brady? Size, relatively immobile. Brady's brilliant in the pocket, but it's not like he's athletic doing it. Um, He's got a bigger arm arm
0: than Brady.
1: Say he's got a bigger arm?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: And I wasn't knocking his arm strength when I said slightly less arm. I think just Andrew Luck was that once-in-a-generation talent that he had all the pieces. I mean, Jacob Eason, I I vividly remember some throws he made as a freshman when he was at Georgia where you were like, holy cow. I also remember him getting sacked 327 times that year. So, uh, Jake Fromm also had to sit there and wait for a long time, and then he ends up in Buffalo. Could Je- okay okay here here here's my Jake Fromm question. Could he be embarking on a replication of Chase Daniel's career? Man, it's funny you said that. I said that on the podcast this morning. I think Jake
2: Fromm it, will be Chase Daniel. I think
3: would I said be closer that
2: on the to, show last week.
3: Would it be closer to AJ McCarron? Because like, like McDaniel's a really good backup.
0: Well, man, it is you know it just depends. I think fromm can be a guy who comes in and you know doesn't give the game away the the dreaded game manager uh, label. if if Jake fromm plays 10, 12 years in the league and only starts three, four games, I won't be totally surprised.
1: Uh, Chase Daniel has five career starts. He is 33 years old, has been in the league for 11 years. And if he plays out his current contract, he will have made well, let's just do. Through eleven years he's made thirty-four million dollars as a backup. What a <laughs> life. With with five starts.
0: It's a fresh baseball cap every weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess he probably does. I was trying to see AJ McCarron. I don't have it in front of me.
0: Career earnings?
1: Yeah. There we go. AJ McCarron uh, career. He's made earns. seven point
0: four million so far. Yeah, so he's got he's got some work to do. To uh... Chase Daniel got like a big contract from somebody. I forget who it was. And was it not it was, Chicago? Be, it was either Chicago. It may have been Kansas City. Just to be the backup. It was it was weird.
1: Uh, this shows Spotrack shows that he's made ten point four million through six seasons in the league that was through 2019 he is scheduled to make 4 million with the Houston Texans this year that would take him to 14 million
0: so. I guess it is this contract he's currently on with Chase Daniel 3 years 13 million plus with the Lions I'm sorry is that where he is right now who? Chase Daniel? Chase Daniel
1: uh, is that right?
0: I think that's right Yep. But yeah, he's in a th- 3 year 13 million dollar deal with him that's crazy
1: um, Miami, the whole tank for Tua thing, they ended up getting Tua and really had a nice draft all the way around, but what kind of a grade would you give the Miami
0: Dolphins? They drafted really, really well, but I'll give them an A just on the fact that they didn't screw it up and they took Tua. But that said, the rest okay. of the draft is really good too. I mean, they got offensive line
2: help. They got secondary help. They had a really big draft because they, I mean, got rid of everybody in order to do it, but this is a young, cheap roster, man. I, I hate the concept of tanking. I wish they wouldn't have done it, but how can they tell you that they made the wrong decision by doing it? And some of these guys may not work out. It's the draft. It's not an exact science, but I mean, they got a first round offensive tackle for, what, one-tenth of the price of Laramie Tunsell? Uh, Tunsell very well could be the best tackle in the NFL for years, and Austin Jackson may not live up to that. But when you're talking about price tags on people, offloading him for picks uh, to get a first-round offensive tackle again after you get your quarterback
0: worked out pretty well for them. Um, Is that going to be the new normal that – with a guy you're not I mean I don't know why you wouldn't be totally sold on Laramie Tu but give the we had the the example of DeForest Buckner the other day with the uh 49ers of guys in his last year let's just move him on or, or do what we got to do and, and draft a cheaper replacement maybe
1: I mean it seems like the way the, the kind of the the way that smart teams are going about it doesn't it it's
2: what you have to do with running backs anymore or what you should do with running backs anymore. New York Giants ended up having a pretty good draft. Ton of offensive line help. Don't you wish, uh, if you were Eli Manning, you're kicking everybody in that front office right now. Like, you wait till after I retire to give me all of these offensive linemen. Thank you. Did the Packers fail the draft? Big fat F, man
0: what they just don't seem to have what their their plan is i can't tell you i don't know what their plan is
1: and that that's that's not good analysis either right like I, like i'm not saying that sloppy analysis on your part but to not be able to look at what they did with half a dozen picks or so and go i have no idea what you were attempting to do there i don't think that's a, a good way to uh, look at it Lots of people watched it. Over 8 million people on average were watching at any one time during the three-day period for the NFL draft. Record-breaking numbers on Thursday night. Big, big numbers again on Friday night. And not bad on Saturday, given that uh, it's about six hours of coverage on Saturday. Sports Talk Mississippi. A
0: Super Talk Mississippi media production.